Hold on a second. Welcome in. Thank you so much for joining us on the Doc Talk podcast. My name is Chris, joined alongside my good friend, Darren Kryle. Darren, what's up, man? Not a whole lot, man. Here in the studio, got a great guest today. I mean, a whole lot is happening right now this time of year. Fishing's unstoppable. It's unreal. We're in recording a great guest with the podcast and all that stuff. Not to mention, my Padres are in the playoffs. They're, the first game is today. That's pretty good. Um, I'm not going to mention the other team in blue that's also in the po- in the playoffs, but um, that's just me as a Padre fan. Do I have a dog named after them? Mm, yeah, possibly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, that's what's going on, a whole bunch going on. But before we get started, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Podcast Doc Talk and uh, join us on, uh, on the uh whatever you call it, the social platforms and the uh, leaving a five-star review on wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher and Spotify, wherever you are listening to us there. Make sure to go leave us a review and we'd love to hear from you. Well, today we've got a very good friend of mine. We've got Brian Nguyen from Milestone Medicare. I think they got that right. Milestone Health and Life. Health and Life. Thank you. (laughs) It works. (laughs) <laughs> oh, for two the today. Yeah. But Brian, welcome to the podcast, man. How hey, are you? I'm doing well. Thanks. How are you guys? Uh, not too bad. Not too bad. A lot going on, but yeah. pretty good. Well, I agree. Yeah, for sure. Um, when we we just had a great conversation on the CCA podcast, make sure to go check that, that podcast too uh, after this one. But we were talking about what you've been trying to do um, or what you have been doing successfully and putting on these workshops yeah. for fishing clubs yeah. and, and other groups. Yeah. It's uh, like, you know, having spent a lot of time in the industry and uh, having had a chance to fish a lot too. Um, I felt that, you know, when I left, um, I always felt that I had something to give back to the industry or, or could contribute something. And so uh, in my new life uh, as a, as a uh, uh, professional Medicare advisor, um, I kind of thought, you know what, it'd be kind of cool to, to reach out to the fishing clubs and uh, do podcasts like this and um, share with these fishing clubs. I, I, I've got what I call fishing workshops. Um, and one of my goals is to promote sport fishing. Um, if you wanted to know about product, I guess you can open up a Western Outdoor News or one of those publications or go online. I mean, it's on there every day. Uh, but one of the things that I, I have, I see, I, I see is, um, we want to, we want to get by, if we promote fishing, um, and you want people to enjoy it, then they, Having them understand a lot of the basic fundamentals to sport fishing, saltwater sport fishing in Southern California is, is a must. Otherwise, uh, can you imagine you take somebody out, they get seasick and they don't catch anything? Oh, that's a worse experience. Right. So it gets a, you know, yeah. if we can. I hate to see that too. Right. Or, or they become, you know, they're just battling their tackle the entire trip. They can't get away from anybody. They're getting into tangles and things like that. So these uh, fishing workshops that I created, they're not, uh, I always tell people they're not, it's not expert advice. They're actually just teaching people the ABCs and showing them or uh, teaching them the fundamentals of various things that uh, they, they probably have already been doing, but maybe don't understand why. Mm-hmm. And um, I kind of, it's always uh, it, the best compliment for me whenever I speak at a fishing club and, and deliver one of these workshops is when I see, I call it, the, you guys heard the BFO, the blinding flash of the obvious, <laughs> when people go, whoa, you know, we didn't know that, right? Um, you know, I always say that uh, fishing is one of the only sports that a, um, a fortuitous outcome is rewarded. And we want to try to avoid that because mm-hmm. I've always, you know, there is an element of luck to it for sure. Mm-hmm. But luck, I want another saying of mine that I use in the workshops. I say luck has an expiration date. It at some point, it's going to run itself out and mm-hmm. you're going to have to really apply your skills uh, to be able to get a bit, to get bite, mm-hmm. uh, get a bite. So um, better for everybody, better, better for everybody to understand or, or have a firm grasp on just the basic fundamentals. We can do talk about all the boutique stuff all we want. Um, but in the end, you still have to have that that core uh, that you've that you're really strong in to to be able to put yourself in a position to have a good day out on the water. And uh, yeah, that's the whole key to my uh, fishing workshops. 
Very cool, man. Um, you had mentioned something that I want to kind of go back to where you have those guys that either get seasick and either spend all their time either mm-hmm. on the deck or in the re- in the right. in the head or anything like that. But then you also have guys who just fiddle around with gear. They have yeah. gear manufacturer malfunctions yeah. and all that. What's the best way to improve that? I mean, I know with you know fishing, you in in you know it's kind of difficult for for me and probably for yourself to wear. You know, we go fishing often and all that, whether it's on right. charters or open parties mm-hmm. or, or, you know, client trips, whatever. But when it comes to the guys who fish maybe a handful of times a year or even less, mm-hmm. what's the best way to keep their gear in top shape throughout when they're not fishing? Um, as far as maintenance or just their overall ability to use that gear? Both. Yeah, well, maintenance is not not hard. Uh, yeah. Go home, spray it with your garden hose before you unravel every, you mm-hmm. know, unravel anything, let it dry out and then put it away. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds simple enough, but you believe it or not, there's not a lot of people that do it. If there was, tackle shops wouldn't have that many reels inside of their oh. repair uh, repair bins, right? It makes me cringe just thinking about exactly. that. Exactly. All <laughs> these little things count. I'm not the guy that comes home and sprays them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. Gosh, you know. You're fired. <laughs> right. You're uh, fired. You guys seen like the rods that have the X tube, uh, shrink tube on it? Yeah. Yeah. Scales? <laughs> I swear, right? You need an exorcist. I have one out there like yeah. that right now. Yeah. You got to call like an exorcist to, to your, yeah. yeah an exorcism and get those and, scales and, off and i know it, i know it needs to be done and i just, yeah yeah you know, like the, the char challenge we're gonna get home tuesday night we get back to the dock yeah at 5 p.m yeah i've got an hour and a half drive up here <laughs> i gotta work the next day i know you, you know it's like an excuse yeah. but i'll get it tomorrow well by yeah. that time those scales are yeah literally welded to that grip yep. uh-huh i i know those of you who are listening to us right now i'm shaking my head at the end <laughs> I cannot believe this. I, so, I can't. So is Davey. Th- <laughs> this might be catastrophic to our friendship. I know. I know. But yeah, just kind of rinsing yourself off and you'll be in good shape. And that includes the lures that you use too. I know. I know. Right? I, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes because, I forget about those. But. Yeah. Yeah. Got to do that. And uh, so that kind of be it on, you know, for your basic maintenance. Um, I can tell you right now, I don't send in my reels that often i don't send it in every after every season to get done up just because i do rinse them off and i you know i i i i pay attention to things like that um now that doesn't mean i don't end up with problems but you know it happens only after a couple of seasons where a bearing will be bad or something mm-hmm. like that but um yeah just you know you'd be surprised what a little rinsing will do for you that actually is true because you know i don't i don't fish often but when i do i always rinse everything make sure yeah. everything's all nice and clean and everything uh-huh. But when it comes to maintenance and, and sending them in, I think I've only sent one reel in the last year or so. Yeah. Everything else has been pretty tip-top shape. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of the, the, on the maintenance end. It's simply just that and you're in good shape. But I, uh, I got to send in my two small reels that I use <laughs> on my kayak. Because <clears throat> you go kayak fishing yeah. and, and I'll pull the rod towards me a little bit to grab the fish. Yeah. Well, you, no, oh no, yeah, the, yeah. The, the reels down, yeah, no. the oh, <laughs> the so I'll go out the next week and the button won't push. And yeah, won't, yeah, like, what is wrong? Yeah, oh, I no. should, that's right. I, I, I should turn you into the authorities right now. This is <laughs> quote unquote, this is real abuse, yeah, it is yeah. real abuse. Yeah, oh um, my goodness, yeah. I, I yeah, can't so believe that's, you. I'm sure when yeah. I bring that into Okuma, that's yeah. not going to be normal wear and tear, right? There's right, some money involved, right? That one. Davey, <laughs> if you're listening, just don't even accept the reels. <laughs> It's crazy. Um, it's, but I mean, ahead. tips like that, it, 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 they're really important too. Like yeah. maintenance when it comes to like, you know, washing off your jigs. Mm-hmm. How many people actually do that? Yeah. yeah. And just throw them right back in the box Maybe, with all the other clean know, jigs. I think battle worn has become a trend, right? Well, <laughs> yeah. it's not going to be all too fun when... Uh, patina. I, it's got patina. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had one um, I, I, what, uh, in 2020, uh, last year. Um, I was on a, on one of my own charters uh, aboard the Amigo, and we made a. It was an overnight trip that we took the gamble and said, "Hey, you guys want to go to Tanner?" And we said, "What on an overnight?" I know. And he says, "Well, it's her, it's you know it's a gamble, but if we can get into them, it'd be really good." We had uh, eight. I think we had eighty nine yellows for fifteen guys. Wow! Oh, nice. Um, and then, uh, but you guys did some yeah. work. I hooked a, I got a fish and it was a good one too. It's like I'm like going in that 30 pound class. It was right there and cowboy Jeff Jessup mm-hmm. was right there with the gaff and the jig broke. The, the actual jig broke. jig broke. Like broken half. Like broke. Yeah. Like oh the, the my jig gosh. itself. And oh. you know, you just kind of wonder. Um, there's now obviously I don't know if uh, if uh, corrosion had anything to do with mm-hmm. it, but you know, 
it's simple things like that that could create problems, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, you, 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 if you rinse your tackle, a lot of times, you know, through the act of rinsing alone, it's actually an inspection, too, that you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Right? So, do you know. whenever you're fishing jigs, like either, you know, whatever, the, the hard baits or whatnot, do you often sometimes like see like a little bend in them sometimes after fighting a fish? I do. Yeah, I do. And sometimes that, that bend, even like, I mean, I, I saw it on a on knife jigging, uh, speed jigging for bluefin. I was just going to um, say those knife jigs and with big bluefin uh, got to bend. Yeah. And when they bend, I, I don't know. Some guys will say that they, they get bit, they still get bit. I haven't been able to figure that out. As mm-hmm. soon as they bend, I'm pretty much, it's, it, I'm chucking it. I'm putting yeah. another one on. Hopefully I have another one. Yeah. Um, maybe, but, uh, maybe it helps the way I'm, it swims in the water. Yeah, there's just it. something that maybe there's not, they're just not, the fish aren't keying in on. I think, um, you know, but then again, um, uh, I'm going to tell you, uh, I can't, I can't say anything as fact anymore. Have you guys noticed? <laughs> you said, you know, oh God, the torpedo sinker is not going to get bit on a bluefin. Here we go. They're oh yeah. Bit, right? Have you seen that? That hook rig that you got, Mr. Passenger, is not going to work. Hmm. Guy ends up with a jackpot and the, and the most fish <laughs> in the sack. So that kind of goes to show you, you know, flexibility and adaptability are king, right? You yep. just kind of have to, hey, just go with it. I mean, there's things obviously that don't make sense. Um, you know, you're not going to put an owner mosquito hook on a knife jig for a 200 pound blue, <laughs> right? But uh, there, you know, there's just these, uh, all these little nuances to it. Um, and when you're really into it, you 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 have no problem doing. And obviously, some well, if you're busy, then um, you know, there you you might not be able to spend that much time on it. But you know, that there's that old saying, you know, you take care of your gear and it'll take care of you. Yeah. And uh, it's uh, it's in anything that we do. So fishing gear would be the same. You know, I don't think it's necessarily going back to the bends in, in some jigs and all that. I don't think it's necessarily like anyone's fault that that happens mm-hmm. or anything no. like that. No. I think it just happens. But it's then... Nature of the beast. Yep. Yeah. But I, I mean, I, I remember going the, the, you know, knife jigging fishing for bluefin, I think last year in the spring or whatever, right when this first started happening. And I remember the, I caught two bluefin and used two different drinks. Both of them got bent and got turned into an L. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I But also I think it's a tribute to um, these, these powerful beasts of fish that they just have so much power. They, they have that power to actually do it. Maybe you so. just have an awful lot of power. You've got like the grip of Thanos. Maybe. It's that hook set. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. But I, I, Go ahead. No, it was, no, but it happened to me just recently on, uh, I think, a trip on the Thunderbird mm-hmm. where, you know, one of my little, uh, I, won't, I won't say the name of the jig, but one of my little jigs actually got bent too. Mm-hmm. It's great, but that was off of, uh, I think, like a 20 or 25-pound yellowtail, which mm-hmm. those guys fart, fight hard, too. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong or against the jig or the jig company itself. That's just... No, I, don't that's condemn a, I don't condemn any companies uh, no. uh, for anything that happens. You know, I'm not a... You know, I've got, I'll, I'll go to the fishing clubs and do a workshop, and a guy tell me, yeah, I fish nothing but Andy. You can't get away from oh, it. Yeah. I can't stand Andy. <laughs> I've done amazing things with 15 pound Andy. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I've caught big albacore on it. I've got yellows in the structure at San, Santa Barbara Island and fought them for 35 minutes on it. It's mm-hmm. like they're talking like a 35 yeah. pound class fish, and I'm still able to land. The line looks yeah. completely shredded. <laughs> but did that, you know, so I don't just uh, immediately go to condemn the tackle manufacturer. And I think that's one of the. It's 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 so common now. I think because the you know social media and it's easy to be to feel like we have this interaction and this relationship with the manufacturer that when something yeah. goes wrong, it's very we're very quick to to blame them. Um, but uh, you know the reality is is that there's a lot of lot of things that go on. Um, the the hooks bending. I'm not saying maybe it is a powerful angler. Maybe that fish really is really strong. But you ever think that maybe the pliers that a deckhand uses to pull the hook out might have something to do with it sometimes? Yeah. You know, so yeah. and especially if they got it in deep, right? They're sitting there and trying to yeah. torque everything out, and uh, you know, the deckhands are strong. We, we all we all know that some of these fish at a, at a decent size have big shoulders. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and they can I do mean, it. Yeah. yeah. So it's just that you know the point is it. Yeah, I agree with you, Darren. It's just a part of it. There's nothing. Mm-hmm. You know who, who hasn't who hasn't pulled in this room who hasn't pulled up a hook that's been straight. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, yeah. That's not a fault on the. Nope. manufacturer. No, it's that could just, be a fault on you for not realizing that you're using too yeah. too small of a wired Correct. hook. 
You know, I mean, or it could be the tribute yeah. to the fish of just saying, not today. Right, right, <laughs> I, absolutely. You know, that's funny that you said that. So I think two years ago, I was on the Cortez with Rambo. And oh, Rambo? I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I charter with him. Sorry, Rambo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> one of my favorite people. Yeah. Super cool. Um, I was using a circle hook on a yellowfin, and then all of a sudden I pull it up and take it out and all that stuff. The hook's kind of like, like that. Yeah. Like it bends. I mean, I know you can't see it, but it, it kind of, it's almost like completes the full circle. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I've never seen that happen before. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Have yeah. you? No, I haven't. I've seen them open up. Yeah. You know, but I've never seen that. That's weird. Yeah. But, yeah. well, I mean, splitting out, uh, splitting off a jig, like actually in half, that's actually pretty impressive on your part too. Yeah. I've I never don't heard know. that before. But. Yeah. I don't know, but it just happened. It broke my heart. I mean, it my my, like my spirit was broken after that. I just said, you know what, this sucks. <laughs> and I did, you know, and I that that was pretty much it. I mean, I I I lose my cool too. Even I I've, I've been fishing for you know thirty some years, and I mm. it's still to this day. I'm like, that sucked. I yeah. <laughs> I would feel that in the moment, but going back on it, I probably would think it's a badge of honor. Just yeah. as long as you get that the other half of the uh, of the jig back. Yeah, yeah. So you have evidence. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. That's a wall hanger. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And yeah. we all need wall hangers, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, for it's sure. Crazy. Well, I know when it comes to you know you've been going around the the, the fishing clubs, and we talked about you possibly uh, you know partnering up with us and getting it virtual and all that. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be fantastic. We'll have to do something for Doc Talk too. No, I'd love to. Yeah, but uh, you do have you know you incorporate um, your new gig in Medicare yeah, along with it. Uh-huh. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, um, kind of. I I spent twenty some years in the industry um, from a from the retail distribution. I kind of worked my way up, if you will, retail distribution to manufacturers rep. And uh, when I had my family, couldn't be on the road that much anymore, so had to do something. Always loved the personal effect. Always loved the relationship building aspect of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the Medicare sector. Uh, provided me with that. Um, they always say, if you find something you love to do, it's not a job. Mm-hmm. And this is what I enjoy doing. So I have uh, transitioned from tackle guy to uh, to a being a uh, professional Medicare benefits advisor. I know that sounds like a mouthful, but um, I basically answer. I I help people understand what their benefit their their own plans. I help them understand what their benefits are and teach them how to use those benefits and also how to maybe even unlock some incentives that the benefits offer as well as the medical groups that they're with. And so essentially not only we, we want to make sure that they're in the right plan for themselves, but we can kind of turn it into a financial tool if you think about it. So I go around and answer questions. I don't charge a dime for conversation. I enjoy what I do. I love sitting down with people in their homes at a coffee shop and just going over their concerns, their needs, and things that, and not not just that, but their successes, the things that they're happy about, the things that they want to, their things they want, and things that they're looking forward to. Mm-hmm. And uh, I sit down with them and am able to to have this wonderful conversation with them and uh, help them along the way because uh, we all just learn a little bit about our our health care, uh, our health plans, our health benefits. Uh, we'd be just that much more dangerous. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, you had knocked on, or you had mentioned something about relationships too, and I think yeah. when I think about it a little bit, I think the whole industry, and this is you know where I think you're doing a really good job, where the whole industry is about relationships. Uh-huh. Yeah, Everyone's got a re- relationship with everybody else, and mm-hmm. you know we in the last podcast we talked about how. It seems like there, there's not so much turnover, but a lot of transition mm-hmm. from different people working for different brands and companies and all that. And I think it kind of goes hand in hand with what you do now. Yeah, it does. I mean, even in the look, think about the fishing industry. You see the same faces behind the tables or in the booths almost every year at the shows, right? Mm-hmm. But it might be a different banner that there'll be a different flag that they're flying. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, For them, if you think about it, if you're good to your customer base, you will always have something to sell to someone, always have someone to sell something to, right? Mm -hmm. And you will always have someone who believes in your product to want to, to, to talk to, to, to show their, their customers. Um, And if you're not, well, then I guess, you know, it's going to be hard for you to kind of keep moving along and, and trying and, 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 and getting, uh, uh, getting advancing mm-hmm. um and then of course you have the other end where if you're a if you're a rep 
you should try to it's a fine trying trying to find this balance having a relationship with the manufacturer right mm-hmm. uh, and this man and by having the relationships with all these manufacturers you will always have something to sell by having a relationship with dealers you'll always have someone to sell it to yeah so it's trying to find those uh trying to bridge trying to trying to find a a, a happy medium there yeah, you talk about yeah. changing banners my buddy aaron garcia he changed banners i think at the beginning of this year mm-hmm. he went to he's repping a lot of pen pure fishing pure fishing pure yeah. fishing uh-huh. yeah he was with uh, jra and uh still he, is i worked there Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, yeah, he, where did he come from? I can't remember where he was before. He was, he was a doing... distributor salesman. Yeah. For Big Rock. You That's know what it was. Mm-hmm. Aaron's a cool guy. I like Aaron. Mm-hmm. I met him at, uh, at my buddy's gun shop. That's how yeah. I met, ran uh-huh. into him. He's yeah. a super nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, it kind of just kind of, you see, for him too, you know, yeah. he was cool with a lot of the manufacturer's reps and, you know, you kind of work your way. If you choose to, to stay in the industry anyway, yeah, it's not for everyone. You're not going to, you're not going to uh, uh, be a millionaire in it, maybe. Um, I mean, unless you're, you know, you, you're the president of a, of one of the larger companies, but mm-hmm. um, it's, it's a labor of love. You do it because you really enjoy it. Yeah. The, uh, people think of it as a huge industry. It's mm-hmm. not. Yeah. Um, you know, one person leaves and you I, I'm not in the industry anymore. I hear about people leaving <laughs> such companies and I go, what? You know, I know, yeah. you know, because I'm still very good friends with an awful lot of people in the business. But it's that's how small it is. Yeah. Right. So that's yeah. true. I mean, word travels fast. Yeah. It's crazy. Big time. You had touched on something that I wanted to go back to. Yeah. Um, you had said interacting with the manufacturers. Uh-huh. Um I know just in the last, gosh, I mean, social media was, I mean, it got started like almost 20 years ago, I think. And it seems like with social media, all of us have actual, like in our eye or or in our minds, better relationships with manufacturers, with brands and all that stuff. Do you see that as kind of a good thing or, or just kind of in the nature of social media where people just kind of. Um, got closer to their brands or even got more loyal or tagging or, or whatnot. What, what are your thoughts? I feel, I think that it's a, I think it's a very good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, uh, as with anything, um, uh, what's that line I heard in the equalizer with Denzel, you pray for rain, you're gonna have to deal with the mud too. Oh yeah. <laughs> when you are, uh, when you open yourself up to any type of, uh, any type of, uh, uh, of discussion online, uh, you have to take the good with the bad. Mm-hmm. And have you guys noticed that manufacturers don't necessarily respond to the bad? It's right. good that they don't. Because yes. why would you want to get into that battle exactly. with anybody? Exactly. You can't be everything to everyone. Um, there are people in the industry that don't like me. Mm-hmm. Uh, not necessarily hate, they don't hate Brian. No, it's just our personalities never meshed. And there are, you know, and likewise, I feel the same way about some people. Mm-hmm. Just it never meshed. I'm very cordial. I say hello to them, ask them how their families are doing, but just it's just the way that it is. Okay. Um, but I it, does it help? Absolutely, because you know, doesn't it feel good for you guys? Whatever it is that you're into, I know Darren, you're talking about like firearms. If you're a big uh, da- uh, 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 Remington fan, I mean, obviously, yeah. maybe you are. <laughs> if you're a big Remington fan, how special does it feel for you to put a comment down like, "Hey, this new 700 BDL in um, in what, what did we say earlier? Battle worn yeah. <laughs> camo. Yeah, I just love it. It goes great with my new t- truck." And they reply <laughs> back to you and they say awesome job man doesn't that feel good yeah right mm-hmm. they took you kind of feel like took the time that to, to, they're to, looking to, yeah. yeah so yeah I, I think it's it's nothing but good it's done this whole the social media thing has done wonders for a lot of manufacturers and tackle shops but at the same time if you choose to respond um mm-hmm. you know why I, I learned something um it's no longer an opinion if you have to defend it right mm. so if right. you want to get into that battle online you are now it's you know it's you're nobody's gonna win so you know you just kind of take it and appreciate it and you can't understand you can't be everything to everyone be a happy camper about it and move about because you've got some business to do they've got some fish to catch life Mm -hmm. is good for everyone yeah Yeah. it's almost kind of kind of like the modern day you know when you know you're growing up and you have like this um not celebrity but like this this gosh i don't even know what you'd call that call it nowadays like not mentor but this celebrity, for lack of a better, for a celebrity crush, but not really. It's more like a idol or, or yeah. whatever you want to call it. 
But now if that person, whoever, whoever you follow on social media, even likes your posts or comments back or responds to your mm-hmm. DM nowadays, it's a good feeling. It's almost yeah. like the modern day, um, you know, handshake or right. picture that yep. you get with them and signed autograph or whatever. It's pretty cool. Just yeah. like happen to run into him somewhere type of thing, whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like that. Right. You know I mean? There you go. Well, luckily for Darren, he gets to see me every day. So, <laughs> yeah. it's, <laughs> so it's all good on our end. Yeah. But, you know, uh, it, it's it's super interesting what social media has done for this, the for the fishing industry, how more how much more available everyone is, I guess, mm-hmm. in terms of brand. It could be good or bad. Yeah. But like you say, you got to take the good with the bad. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you have to kind of, you know, self-promotion is now, uh, it's it's huge now. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, no problem with that. I, don't, I mean, it doesn't bother me. It used to. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I get it because, I mean, it's at the snap of your fingertips, you're on something and people are taking notice. So, mm-hmm. I mean, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, speaking of social media, not to bring up a bad subject, but did you see those videos about the the walleye tournament, about uh, the uh, the cheating scandal and all that? I did. I don't know all too much about it, but I just know that when I see people posting pictures of walleye and sinkers, I'm just kind of like, maybe something did happen here. You know, what's going on? <laughs> oh, it's crazy. Oh my gosh, I can't believe like it's getting national news attention. It's it's that bad. Well, it sounds wow. like they're going to be brought up on federal charges. You know, I can't. I can't say that I disagree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I you, mean, if, you consider they won as a team last year. They won over three hundred thousand dollars in cash. A uh, couple boats. Yeah, Jeez. At, at the tournament, they got caught at was going to be like forty five grand for yeah. them. I don't know, man. Yeah, I, you know. That, there that's, you go. Yeah, yeah. This is going to hold. I mean, before it gets. So, and, bef- and what sucks about that really too is it does put a black eye on the fishing industry. Not the I shouldn't say the industry, but us as fishermen. It does. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, there's 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 people that uh, there's kids that are you know have aspirations. They, <clears throat> they they aspire to be a, a professional bass fisherman one day or a professional fisherman one day. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And. You know, if the, you know, if this is something that you know we're going to have to look into, I mean, you know, we've been doing it for years on sport boats, right? You win the jackpot fish has to be filleted, right? Mm-hmm. That's what, just in case yeah. somebody didn't shove down a couple of sinkers into a barracuda's well, mouth you know, or something. We, <laughs> we we all know how big um, largemouth fishing is in Japan. Yeah, at their tournaments, they have a guy that has a metal detector that actually waves there, them across their weighing bags. Yeah, so yeah. That, that makes you think: was was that already happening, or yeah. someone already got caught over uh-huh. there doing that, or yeah? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, you know it does. It does kind of, you know, show off a black eye for the for the, not the industry, but the world, the the fishing world that mm-hmm. we live in and yeah. all that. But at the same time, I haven't I haven't heard of anyone saying that those guys weren't just a piece of work. Like yeah. everyone agrees, like that was totally screwed up yeah. in so many different ways. Yeah. And I think that that I think that's a good thing in, yeah. in all that. Yeah. Well, we learn from it, and you kind of move on, and, uh, and away you go. Yeah. yeah. You know. Before we go down that rabbit hole, um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I brought that up, but I just wanted wanted some reaction. Um, Brian, you've been in the industry for, I think you said 20 years or 30 years. A little bit more than 20, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In your eyes, you've been in and out now. How has the whole industry have has changed in, in your time in it? Has it changed for pretty good, for pretty bad, or just... You have to take the good with the bad. Well, I think from a product standpoint, things only are things are getting better, mm-hmm. uh, a lot better. Um, one of the things that I do uh, see in the industry is um, the competitive nature of it, from manufacturer to manufacturer. Um, there was a point in time in the business where you could, as a rep, you could rep, you could have like pen and another rod and reel company and you know mm-hmm. everybody'd get along right and then all then now it's kind of it's you you, you don't do that anymore um what i have seen what or what one of the things that i'd like to see uh continue or or, or grow is promoting fishing mm-hmm. um when we take a look at the anglers when we see fish when we take a look at anglers on the boat um you know i don't see the age demographic lowering um and uh yeah there it's true there i mean there are definitely some of the young guys that are going out and doing it but we need to promote i'd like to see uh, a continued effort into promoting it because 
it's you know, I, I think maybe to a to a teenager, uh, for me, I love to fish. Um, right. I didn't care to stay home and play video games or anything like that. But uh, you can you can absolutely see the appeal, especially when you don't have somebody that'll take you fishing. You know, takemefishing.org. Truth. Yeah. yeah. It's true. It, so, it, it would be nice to see the boats or the landings do something once, twice a year to where they can make it affordable for these younger kids to get on a boat. I mean, when I was a young teenager... Mm-hmm. I couldn't afford to get on a boat. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was my next question. How do we, how do we change that? Um, you know, I, I, that I, the fuel cost yeah, down. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, at the ballot the, box. No, I'm just kidding. The, but, uh, you know, the, a lot of the, you know, I mean, no CCA, you guys do a lot of stuff. Uh, friend, Rollo's kid or whatever. The, what are they called now? Friends of Rollo or uh, something like Captain that. Rollo's kids Captain at Rollo's kids at sea. Yeah. They do stuff. The Dan Hernandez youth foundation does things, you know, the pricing, I went to, um, you're, you're, you're a gun guy. A couple of years ago, I was traveling the Las Vegas territory um, with a sales manager. I was in the firearms industry mm-hmm. as well. Uh, one of the sales managers, it was uh, towards the end of the day, and he says, hey, we got time. I says, well, yeah, we're here overnight. You know, um, He says, hey, I want to go and see somebody. The guy's name is Cecil Freedy, uh, F-R-E-D-I. You know, kind of looking him up on, uh, online. He, uh, he travels the world in search of exotic wood and he sells wood blanks for you to buy you know he cures it whatever the process is i'm right. using the wrong terminology but he cures it and does whatever it is and then you go there and you can select this piece of wood and you give it to a gunsmith and it's already drawn out and they can cut it and turn it into a stock for your high-end rifle huh I went into his home and uh, he had a museum of all his hunts. I mean, you don't see that anymore. It's basically no. all the stuff he brought in. You know, you can't do it now, but mm-hmm. he had a museum and I'm looking at it. And I go, Cecil, pardon my asking this, but you must be loaded. <laughs> <laughs> in no. more ways than none. Yeah. <laughs> and he looks at me, he goes, no, I'm not. But when you find something you enjoy doing, you will find a way to fit that into your budget and you will just go and do it. Right. We can't, you know, you, we, we, I don't, I know that uh, you know, the gas prices are super high right now and, and, and so on and so forth. Hey, if you're going on, you know, five, you know, three day trips a year, um, maybe you can go on eight day and a half a year instead. Right. You know, something like that. Um, but, uh, you know, that, you know, take a look at that as a whole. I mean, you, we want to fish more. Um, so if it me if it's a difference between spend one day less out on the water but doing more of it, I mean you know that's mm-hmm. another way that we can look at it. I used to do five five day trips here. Now I only do one. Well, you can actually go on four more overnight trips if you want. Yeah, right. You know, if you really like, if you really enjoy it, you know, a lot of times uh, people we all are after. You know, I'll use my my, my word again that we're mm-hmm. all after that glory fish all the time. We tend mm-hmm. to forget uh, that these other species that we have that we are blessed with here in Southern California. It provides us an awful lot of fun, um, yeah. you know, and the the internet, good and bad. We, we just said that earlier. Um, rockfish, you know, when uh, when is rockfish? You know, it's no longer a cool thing to catch. It becomes it's like I one love of rockfish, right? It's love only it. cool in March when it opens. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, just you know, if we if you enjoy it, mm-hmm. um, you can't you know you can't count on uh, on 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 organizations to be able to do all of the the legwork. But mm-hmm. you know, you can budget that and take someone fishing, whether it be your child or somebody. Um, and show them, uh, show them a good time and show them the desire to want to continue to learn. I think that's the most important thing. Yeah. Because going out and just hooking and handing, they don't really learn anything. I'll give you an example. Um, I, I, I was on the island tack with Steve Kelly when he owned the boat. Mm-hmm. I, I, he's like, okay, guys, make sure you have your, your squid rigs because we got to catch our own squid. I said, well, thank God I bought one at the landing. Yeah. So I'm down there. Everybody around me is getting squid. I'm not getting one. I'm feeling like, <laughs> man, these guys are not going to let me fish a bait on this trip. I'm in huge trouble here. <laughs> so Steve came up and he says, you're not doing too well, huh? And he says, no. And he goes, it's because you don't know what that feeling is like when you get bit. I says, okay, well, what are we going to do here? You're not going to like straddle me, are you? He goes, no. Because <laughs> he grabs my rod and he goes, okay, ready? I says, yeah. He goes, I just want you to touch, hold the line right now in your hand. Okay. I says, okay. And he lifts up. He goes, there's one. 
He goes, you got it now? I says, yep. <laughs> I'm flinging squid over left and right. You see that? Just something like that. Yeah. You know, so just, uh, that's why promoting fishing, it's it's also promoting their desire to want to learn. Mm -hmm. And so if you like it, like Cecil said, you will figure out a way to do it. That makes sense because when, you know, typically in my experience, when you're bringing someone new into the sport or if you take, say, coworkers out on a mm -hmm. boat and they've never been out before and they're seasick and all that stuff and, and you got to get them on a fish, right? Because uh -huh. you're out there, might as well. But when when you hook in hand, that actually does make sense to where, okay, they, they get that thrill of, of actually catching it. But they don't learn too much. Correct. About it. They, Correct. They may learn how to turn the handle and 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 actually the act of catching it mm -hmm. and, and putting you know whatever. But that it doesn't teach the skill. Yes. The, the skill. Correct. Side. That makes Correct. sense. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So just my kind of weird view on things, but I, I think I I talk the more people I talk to about it, I think more people agree with it. Yeah. yeah. Do you yeah. do you fish long range much? I did. I did yeah. a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I used to uh, before you know I got married and everything mm -hmm. like that. But uh, I I used to I loved like the long trips, the sixteen day trips, and oh wow, yeah. And uh, I was uh, fortunate. I fished Clippered in once. Um, oh. Probably, yeah. I don't know. You know, it, it was a it wasn't it was an okay trip, but still, uh, I got to experience that. I know the boats don't go down there that that much anymore. In fact, they probably don't even go anymore. But I I, I think really enjoyed the last it. time I saw one was like in twenty nineteen or yeah, twenty twenty yeah. or something. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I did. Um, I haven't been in a, I haven't been in a while, but um, just, just because it's, you know, being out for that long, uh, I can't be away from home for that long at a time. Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, I did it, and I, I really enjoyed it when I was doing it. So the reason why I ask is, you see a lot of these long range boats, especially like in the springtime, they're uh -huh. offering these tester trips, like days and a half, yeah. three days, and all that kind of. You still get the long range experience on on that boat in mm -hmm. particular, but it's almost kind of like a trial run for yeah. the common. I say common folk, but the guys that are at the day and a half, the two days, or even the three quarter day yeah. trips and all that stuff. It's it's their test run. Do you kind of see long range fishing in general um, not fizzling out, but being scaling back just a little bit? I do, and I I'm not really sure if it's the fact. That it's uh, it's anything to do with well, I mean, obviously pricing is always going to be one mm -hmm. of those at the end there. That's going to be yeah. kind of that puts you over, right? But let, let's not forget yeah. either that nobody got permits to go to Guadalupe. Well, exactly, that right. was going to be my you next know, point. Yeah, the fishing right now it's so good close to home. Mm -hmm. um, are you, you know I if you were to jump on an eight, I mean. What, there's this hole right now that the guys are fishing at Clemente for yellows and they're huge. Yeah. You know, why would you, do you really want to go on an eight day to go down and fish an area where you might get them when you can get them at home? Yeah. You know, I think that the fishing has the, 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 the mood of the fish down in the Mexican waters or in the, where the long range boats fish has changed a little bit, whether it be due to any type of mother nature or government actions yeah. uh, like Guadalupe. And uh, we just kind of now, with fishing being so good at home, you can't just you you can't just with, say I don't want to go there. With you the know? fishing being so good at home right now, the only reason why I would get on a long range trip right now is if I absolutely had to have a wahoo. Yeah, yeah. Everything else is here yeah. right now. Yeah, it, it it and you're right, and it's not a knock on any of the long range boats. No, because not they're at out all. here too. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. So um, well, yeah. look what the Intrepid did. What a week ago, they uh, went all the yeah. way. They went yeah, all the way north. Yeah. And it paid off. It paid <laughs> off. Yeah. 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 I so. would still go on long range just for the experience. I've never done long range before. Uh -huh. Well, you got to do one then. It. Yeah. Yeah. But just remember, Chris, you don't have to eat everything that they put out. <laughs> I've heard. I've heard. I feel, My, I feel like I have to go on a diet before the trip. Yeah. It's crazy. I was always doing overnight trips, you know, Catalina, whatever. And my first long range was to Guadalupe on mm -hmm. the searcher. Yeah. It was a six day, eight day, eight day. Yeah. Can't remember, and it was Guadalupe. So at least mm -hmm. I, I could say I fished Guadalupe before it yeah. got shut down. Yeah, but it was great. It was fun. The searcher is a great boat, uh -huh. real they're, good boat. They're all good. You find one that you're you like the way that they fish. You like the the, the crew, the captain, and yeah, um, they're all good. I you know these arguments about which boat is best. I have no idea. Pick one, and y'all pick the other one, and I'm we're both happy. Yeah, but the um, rail on that boat's not as good hey, as the rail. Well, on there that. you go. <laughs> yeah, holy cow! You can't. Yeah, gosh. 
<laughs> but uh, you know, we found a home on the on the Royal Star. That's that was a boat that we liked to fish, mm-hmm. and um, you know, it, it made us it, it made us happy, and we liked we liked everything about it. So we just kept going on. Yeah. It, so. One of your goals is really, you know, obviously to give good advice on, you know, to, to these fishing clubs and your uh-huh. workshops and all that yeah. stuff. But another one of your goal is to just promote fishing in general. Yes. And to try to expand the sport and get more people fishing. Correct. In your eyes, how do we how do we go about doing that? Do we go and just go to our neighbors and say, hey, you got to go out with me one of these di- days or whatnot or or is there more strategy to it? I think there's strategy to it. I'm going to use uh, something that I was teaching a lot of the parents at my, or some of the parents at my friend's school and some of our friends. Uh, my son is seven. He'll be turning eight in November. Nice. And I didn't, uh, I didn't want to just one day wake him up at 4.30 in the morning and say, we're going fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, for You have to be, I think, you have to be a good storyteller first. So I would kind of give all them, fishermen them all, are all fishermen are whether it's true or yeah. not. Yeah, and I would tell my son all these you know all these things that happen, and he he would have a genuine curiosity as to why I loved it so much. So he would ask me like you know the simplest question like what do you guys eat when you're in the uh, on the water? Mm-hmm. Do you go on land Boat after burgers? Yeah, <laughs> you know. Oh. But I I was able to the stories that I tell him as a as I I think I'm a good storyteller. Um, mm-hmm. I tell him these stories and it gets him so fired up and interested in it. So then when I ask him, hey dude, I'd love you know my dream is to take you out with me one day. Would you like to go? And he now at that point you've built it up. You're not yep. forcing him to do anything. He's mm-hmm. like now yes. <laughs> And now it it's a it's a very fun time out on the water as opposed to dragging them here. You're gonna I, I mean it's like you know like your parents trying to set you up with a gal you grew up with. You don't want nothing to do oh, with yeah. her, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? So uh, you know, be a good storyteller, uh, whoever it is, to whether it be a child, whether it be your neighbor, anybody. You know, just go. Hey, Brian, you come back off another trip? Yeah. Well, what was it like, man? You know what? It was uh, it was really tough fishing, but. I got to tell you, this last trip, I learned so much about, you know, whatever it is. And here's mm-hmm. what I kind of applied to this. And even though they don't fish, they're kind of like, you make it like they're there with you. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, this is the best, you you know, the compliment. This is the best compliment you can get. Man, I'd love to go with you one day. Yeah. That's when you kind of, here cool. we go, right? So I think, you know, that's the, the, when I say promoting fishing, it's not just about grabbing somebody and saying, let's go. It's about telling the story. And, um, listen, why do you, why do people love it on podcasts when you guys have sport boat captains on here? Mm. It's because they're able to tell the story and wait, guess what? I want to fish with that captain. You know, when yeah. you got Frank on or you got Tim, you and know, then, you're like, Hey, this, this guy sounds pretty cool. I love the things that he's talking about. Yeah. I want to experience it. If anybody's got a story, it's a boat captain. There you go. <laughs> there you go. And so there, you know, that's how. That's how I would I would say I would recommend you we start to promote fishing. It's being good storytellers. It's not about me. Mm-hmm. I never talk about my catches. When you take a look, I always post a report. I you know I kind of take a spinoff of a, you remember Jeremy Lin? He played uh, for the oh, New York yeah. Knicks. Yeah, yeah. Called Lin Sanity. Well, my yeah. last name is Win. I call it Win Sanity. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I always post a trip report uh, after my trips. And mm-hmm. you never if you read it you'll never see me post anything about what I caught mm. um, because it's not about me. It's about what my guys learned out on the water. It's the about what they enjoyed. And when people read my reports, even though they are lengthy, it's never to promote anything other than fun. Yeah. You know, and uh, be a good storyteller. That's your first step in promoting fishing. Um, Have you gotten that opportunity to fish with your kid yet? Yes, I did. Nice. I did. How was uh, that? Yeah, it's a funny story, and I'll make it real brief. But uh, we were in. A, I took him on a half day on the Monte Carlo. Okay. Um, and uh, we were uh, fortunate that Brian Burrell was working on the boat. And uh, <laughs> Brian. Yeah. And uh, we were fishing, catch up, fishing for rockfish. Um, kind of, you know, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I would. Uh, so if I hooked one, I'd have. I'd let my son want. I'd actually. I did what Steve Kelly did for me. I held, had him hold the rod, and they were small rockfish. So, but I says, "You feel that?" And he's like, "Yeah, I can feel that. They're biting, you know." And it was really exciting for him. Nice. And when we would hook one, and we'd have him turn the handle. He's like struggling. I had put out a video too on like a my social media page of him trying to turn up this. You know, he had two fish on the end, uh, two oh, rockfish, yeah. you know. <laughs> uh, but at the end, uh, so Brian, he I, I guess uh, he got off a trip, and he had bluefin, and he had dorado. 
right? Mm-hmm. In Ziplocs. So he comes up to you and goes, Brian, you want, you know, his voice, right? Yeah. Brian, you want any Dorado or Bluefin? I says, yeah. He goes, cool. So he gives me like three Ziploc bags worth. I get home. My wife goes, oh, would you guys catch on a half day? Because she's in tune with it by now, right? I says, Bluefin and Dorado. <laughs> yeah. But he had a blast. And I, I always say, if you take a kid fishing on a sport boat, mm-hmm. I've got money on it. If you didn't pay any attention to them, they'd be glued to the bait tank. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Murder and all the yeah, bait. Sure. Yeah. But he had a great time and we had a great time together. And I, I, you know, I hope one day when he's older, he can understand why it brought tears to my eyes to be out there with right. him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. Even when I'm talking about promoting fishing, um, I had some family friends of mine that live in Arizona. Uh-huh. Known... The the son my, is a really good friend, best friend, really. Mm-hmm. Known him since we were three. Mm-hmm. And uh, his sister, her husband, wanted to go fishing. Yeah. Take the kids. Actually, the husband and the kids. And we set him up on the cobalt. This was three weeks ago. And they slayed the Dorado. Yeah. Happy as can be. Mm-hmm. And then I, so I told Tammy, I'm like, they were spoiled. That's not like that every time. Right. <laughs> you right. Know, but... But they got interested in it. They love it. They want to go again. Yeah. Yeah. See, it's not about uh, having them catch something. It's about having them learn the feel possibly of getting a bite, why you're getting bit, what's going on. You know, like my son's name is Zane. I said, Zane, they're they're on the bottom. That's why they're called, you know, they're rockfish. They're hanging out on the bottom. And that's why we send our bait down. I let the line down and I said, oh, see, it stopped. It's on the bottom right now. You know, Mm -hmm. it's all these little things that count. It's not the catch. Because if you go and promise them they're going to catch something and they don't, the end. Yeah. You, You know, that's it. But if you go out and promise them a good time, something they'll learn from, a new experience, Give them at the end of that, then they can tell you if they like it or not. But uh, to uh, to have them just say it right out, I don't want to go. Well, and then when they're on the video games and you know and stuff, and you know they don't pay attention to you anymore. Well, there you go. Yeah. yeah. So, well, the key word in all of this is experience, right? You want to give them a good experience, mm-hmm. and most of the boats actually do provide a good experience, whether it's good <laughs> good meals on long range trips yeah. or even <laughs> just. Even just sitting around the bait tank, just hanging out with buddies and all that stuff mm-hmm. when you're on a charter and everything. Or, or 180 pound bluefin fillets on a half day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Which, by the way, up until a couple months ago, that was happening. Yeah. Ma- mahi fillets yeah. 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 Exactly. on half days. Yeah. Well, when we got back from La Paz, I jumped on the, the pursuit out of Long mm-hmm. Beach and we were a mile, mile and a half off of the rock quarry from Catalina yeah. and we loaded up on 87 Dorado. There you go. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's insane. Uh huh. It's crazy. When it comes to your outlook on the industry, on fishing in general, mm-hmm. and all that stuff, I know 22 is wrapping up and it was a hell of a year. Yeah. I mean, fantastic. Hasn't year. ended yet. It uh, hasn't ended yet. <laughs> no. We're still, yeah. we still got a the couple of The dodo trips. is done. Boom. They start biting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's one thing that you can never guarantee. And yeah. it's, it's predicting what fish are going to uh-huh. do or what fishing is going to do. But when it comes to your outlook for 23 and beyond and all that stuff, what do you see? Anything, uh, what's that word, abnormalities or, or whatnot or any, um, you know, a- anything in particular that you see that may change, that may not change or, or any predictions for, for next year? Every single year we always say it can't get any better. Yeah. And then it gets better. <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, I would say, you know, as far as I, I don't, there's nothing bad that I can see in the, in my outlook of things. I kind of, I think you guys did something uh, at CCA with uh, Barbara. She's a marine biologist. Yeah, Barbara Block. Yep. And I, there was a, you guys had a big event mm-hmm. and um, somebody asked her about, hey, how long do you think these bluefin are going to stick around? And she says, probably indefinitely unless an El Nino comes, you mm-hmm. know, and um, so I don't see anything, any change there. The Dorado being this close and that many, I'm okay. I can't, I don't know about that one, but I've you never know what? Seen that yeah. I, I, I've never seen it either, but they're catching uh, Dorado in Oregon. Yeah. It's crazy. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, w- the, we can't change there's mother nature will always win. Right. We've, right. we've already decided that we can't change that. But what I will say is I noticed that a lot of people now, um, they wait until the bite gets good and then they go. Um, I don't pay attention to fish counts anymore. It get, I don't need my blood pressure to get any higher than it is. <laughs> and I don't need to have any more uh, stomach issues than I already have. Yeah. What I do care about is just weather. 
Because yeah. the thing is, is that with any fishing, it could be on, 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 and you go and you chose that day where it just shut off. Mm-hmm. Right? Always or, happens. Yeah. Or you just, if you do it based on weather, hey, man, go out there and have a good time. And you know what? If they bite, even better. Yeah. You know, at least you're not getting beat up uh, and stuff like that. And, but yeah, don't, don't, you know, this year a lot of people were doing that. And then they feel bad. They come home, yeah, we missed it by a day. Gosh, oh, well, you know what? Don't base it on counts. Just yeah. go when your time permits and watch the weather count or the weather uh, weather report. Yeah, and the following day they're biting again. Yeah, you know I saw something. Uh, uh, you know it's very true, and people don't uh, people laughed at it. But Scott McDaniel's posted something. It was last year uh, talking about bluefin tips and he uh, what techniques and everything like that. On the end, he goes go twice a month. <laughs> Truth. Yeah. yeah, truth. Because yep. you, you could be on the swing of it. You yeah. probably went at the tail end, and it's kind of sucked. And then you get on that yeah. next one, and it's really good. Yeah. But don't you know? Let's uh, let's let's we'll, let's just go go fishing. Don't mind the counts. Mother Nature will do what she does, and we will make the best of everything that she does give us. She does provide mm-hmm. us, and have a good time with everything. I don't like sculpin fishing. Well, you know what? I do. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. You yeah. know, try to find different ways. You know, the bluefin fishing, it could be could be really mundane and you're sitting there and you're just dropping a jig and sky, you know, then we got in the speed jig and now everybody wanted to try it. See? Yeah. There's a fun way to catch all these species. And if you if you're not flexible and adaptable, um, then it gets really boring and then you start to wonder why, oh wow, I don't want to do it anymore. Well, mm-hmm. then that's we just that's it. The one so, thing that people gotta keep in their mind in the back of their head is it's called fishing, not catching. Mm-hmm. And fish have tails. Yeah. They were here today. Tomorrow they're somewhere else. Yeah. You know. And yeah, that's up to the yeah. to the boats and everything to to keep track yeah. of them, I guess you could say. But yeah. That that's it's like herding cats. Mm-hmm. You don't know where they're gonna be. Yeah. So <laughs> my true. outlook is Mother Nature will do what she does and we have absolutely no control over it. Mm-hmm. So just go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you going fishing on like charters? Or are you squeezing in open party trips and all that? I, all, I do all personal, uh, private charters. Um, okay. They're all my charters. And I don't, it's not like a, you know, I open it up and everybody goes. It's a bunch of us who have been fishing together forever. And when one of us can't make it, then they'll have a friend of theirs come. Or when we happen to have an open spot, they'll bring another friend. And we've just made a new friend. Nice. Um, I charter the Cortez uh, with, uh, with Rambo. And mm-hmm. we have a really good time. We limit it to 12. And it's just, oh, that's, it's a, that's yeah. a good number. On that yeah, boat. yeah, that's it's awesome. A, it's an awful lot of fun, and we all learn from each other. See, that's the, that's the big the key here, right? Uh, mm-hmm. There's no egos that come onto the boat. Um, we all learn, and uh, we all ask each other questions. You know, I fish with a one of my really good friends who fishes with us. Who's a sport former uh, sport boat captain. Um, one of the trips, two trips ago, I was getting bit real good on the fly line, and mm-hmm. uh, even he came up. He goes, Brian. How are you hooking these things? Let me show mm-hmm. you the heart hook, right? <laughs> about that, right? I'll show yeah. you the heart hook here. And it, you know, that's this the kind of relationship that we all have when we fish mm-hmm. with each other. And um, that's what I hope, you know, the ang- the uh, uh, fishermen here in, in, in the, on the West Coast, they they kind of, you know, they want to they have that type of an experience. Mm-hmm. So. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not so much of a believer in this, but I'll ask you anyway. Are you looking for any kind of like conditions or moon phases when you're booking your charters or any or trips or anything like that throughout I, the month? Yeah, that's a that's a good question, and people always ask that. And um, I can tell you, I the only moon phase, the only time I've ever seen it have a major effect is on making bait. Okay, right. If it's a full moon, it's you know it's 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 harder to make bait, um, but. Uh, I mean, as far as the fishing is concerned, I've had good trips on full moons when they told me that it wasn't going to be good. And I've had bad trips on the, on the time frames, you know, five, three days, five days before the full moon. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's just, I think you just, if you're going to base your fishing on moon phases, you probably will not be fishing that much. Mm-hmm. You know, you're trying to look for the ideal time and you're trying to fit it in there. You know, if that was really the case, our sport boats would be going broke. Yeah. They catch fish. It's it's just at some point, all all fish have to eat. Yeah. And we just have to be there when they want to eat, getting the time space that we are out on the water. Yeah. That's it. Right time, right place. That's it. And you have no idea what that is. You just go. 
That's cool. I mean, when it comes to all of that, to where you're predicting and people say, oh, only I only go on the full moon phase or half moon or, or new moon, yeah. or whatever. To me, fishing's fishing. Yeah. I want to go no yeah. matter what. And that's not to argue and say it's that doesn't come into play. Yeah. It absolutely does because, you know, with moon phases, the changes in current and things like that, for mm -hmm. sure. But again, if you have all the time in the world, and you can base it on moon, and you're you're, you're very flexible on when you can go. Mm -hmm. uh, by all means, do it. Um, but uh, for the most part, I mean, if you're just the average person who works uh, every single day, and you, you just you just go. And I, like I said, I've seen incredible trips come off of a time frame where you're not supposed to textbook, not supposed to be going. It's right. going to be horrible. Yeah, um, we did a trip in September of 19. It was not a favorable moon phase, and it was one of the best trips that we had on the Cortez. I think we had two over three and six, 14 over two, something like that. You nice. know, and uh, um, it just it just is what it is. Yeah, and, you know. So, so on the last on the last podcast, your your ideal two day trip would be fishing at night for bluefin uh -huh. and fishing during the day for bass. Oh, oh man, that'd be awesome. That I we've done it before. <laughs> Um, yeah. fishing on when Tucker McCombs owned the, uh, owned the outrider. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We were able to do that. And that's a hoot. I mean, you have to bring 14 rods and reels, but it's still a hoot. <laughs> <laughs> so when it comes to the gear that you use, what are you using for bass? Uh, I, I, I like the low profile bait casters for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I haven't figured out how to fish a fly line of bait that good on one yet, just because the, you know, it's not as uh, I don't have as much access to the spool, but yeah. I still am able to do it. But uh, I fish a lot of the low profile bait casters, 300 mm -hmm. size reels, not so much the 400 size reels, but I'm fishing. Don't uh, really need it. Yeah. But I, I, uh, I do like the 500, uh, the Tranks 500. Yeah. That's one of my favorite surface iron reels. But um, I fish the low-profile bait casters, and I fish very small conventional reels, like things like a Trinidad uh, 12 or a 14 or I think like the Tesoro 5, those, that size mm -hmm. of reel. I really like fishing that uh, for bait fishing. Um, I'm not limited to anything. I don't like. Uh, I don't say that I'm just a jig fisherman. I like to be a well-rounded fisherman. I like mm -hmm. to be able to know just a little bit about everything, as opposed to knowing a lot about one thing. Yeah. So um, I like. I yeah, low-profile bait casters and small conventional reels, fishing full of braided line and main. These days, it's a, a all fluorocarbon. Uh, yeah. I don't. Uh, I don't use that much mono except in the speed jigging for bluefin, but. It's all fluoro for, for the bass. Are you the guy that uses the short pieces of fluoro, or are you the guy that rewinds on the whole spool and then just cuts as, as he needs to? I, I wind on 10 feet. for If we're talking about bass and yellows and sea mm -hmm. bass, uh, I use about 10 feet. Uh, so I know I have a wingspan of like five feet two or something like that. So yeah. I just go two arms lengths. Why? Um, because I can keep cutting off and retying you know, my hook until it gets mm -hmm. down to about three, uh, two feet. And then, you know, now, you know, you have to change your top shot. That's if, of mm -hmm. course, you're on a trip, then you're blessed to make that type of a catch. Yeah, right, um, right. People have say sometimes that don't you have a hard time casting the knot? Not really. If you are just, if you understand that with Spectre, it's not, you're not firing it out there per se. You're kind of, it's more of a, of a quick lob. And a if flame. you kind of do it, yeah. Uh, the the knot is a non-issue. It's I, I I probably get that knot caught up once on a trip. I was gonna say so you're doing that with live bait, not uh -huh. so much jigs. Or are you doing that with no both? with jigs? Uh, with jigs, and I, I get actually shorter. Um, I use about five feet. Okay. Instead, uh, and for surface iron, um, like on my, I, I use that Tranks 500 to be my favorite surface mm -hmm. iron reel. But I fill it with 65 pound solid. It takes about exactly 300 yards. Nice. And I fish about five feet of 50-pound fluoro on there. Um, is the fluoro needed? Yeah, no. I mean, do you do, do they really see it? It's not a visual thing for me. It's the fact that it's abrasion-resistant. And, um, you know, you can kind of fish it longer. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, they don't they, you don't get bit off. Or if it gets into any type of uh, kelp or anything like that, it doesn't get uh, worn, out, worn out that quick. What kind of knot are you using to to connect fluoro to your braid? Uh, if I, I like the Bob Sands knot, or I think there's other names for it, but uh, I like the Bob Sands knot. I like the RP knot. Those are the two knots mm -hmm. um, that I like the that I like to tie. And um, you can because, cinch fifty pound all the way. Uh, no, I actually I, I I can't cinch anything down all the way. Uh, I will tell you, I use those uh, hook cinching tools that are made. Oh, I don't yeah. know who the manufacturers 
Centaur. Uh, I forget the name. Makes him Something like that. Yeah. yeah, I use those a lot um, just because the you do have to cinch everything. You want to make sure everything is cinched down. Yeah. Um, but I use those. Yeah. And uh, those two knots seem to work well uh, for me. They're, they're lower in profile. What I like, you know, the Bob Sands knot, I like that it's tapered. Mm-hmm. So on the way out, you know, it kind of it's able yeah. to go through the guides a little bit better. The roller, the RP knot, it's a little bulkier, um, but it's a good knot too. Um, mm-hmm. I use seven turns instead of five on that, <laughs> and uh, those, yeah, the, the, those those just seem to work well for me. But just to cinch them down for for bass fishing, I think it, I've always found it difficult to to try and cinch down. You know, personally. 50 pound or more uh-huh. to where, and that's why I always step down to 40 pound, especially mm. with bass, because you don't really need, need much. Yeah. It's, it's not ideal to fish 40 pound, but you can get away with it. Uh-huh. That That's kind of my philosophy yeah. with that only because of that. But, um, you know, when it comes to 50 pound and all that, it's always, you got to use something. Yeah. Yeah. I use it on everything. I, I still, I cinch it down with that, that, those little dowels or whatever, yeah. you know, whoever makes those. I, I'm, yeah. Again, I apologize. <laughs> I don't know who makes them, but they're pretty nifty. They got magnets and everything. There's a like few that. of them out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So that's cool, man. Yep. Um, bass fishing and blue fit. I'm still picturing that trip and I'm mm-hmm. like, I need to bring my whole damn garage. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We did it. And, uh, you know, if it's, you think about the bluefin, I mean, you don't need that much. Well, daytime bluefin you do yeah right you got to have a sinker rig you got to have a day a daytime jigging rig you got to have fly lining rigs so yeah there's a bunch <laughs> at night not so much you right. know um, it's usually but, one. Uh, yeah yeah so but uh, the bat when you throw the ba- element of bass and the possibility of yellows because we're sometimes where you fish for bass at the island you have a, mm-hmm. a chance to catch yellows yeah. now you've got yeah you're right you've got 10 rods you know or more sometimes <laughs> yeah. going with you but uh you know it's still it's a fun trip i'll tell you what we did uh one trip this year on the cortez uh we had a we had one stop make our trip and it was the first night that we were fishing all my trips leave monday evenings so tuesday night at about 905 for about 45 minutes we put 12 guys put i think 35 bluefin on the boat they weren't monsters. They were that, you know, before we're spoiled now. They were wonderful sizes. They were that, we had a, a, a smallest being like around 60 and the biggest, we had about 110 pounder on the, on the boat. They were eating the knife jig full speed yeah. for 45 wow. minutes. Nice. Wow. Right? After that, you kind of like decided that, you know what, we're playing with house money right now. <laughs> Yeah. Let's go. Let's go add some color to our catch. Let's yeah. add some color to the to the, the RSW system. We yeah. went out for rockfish, and I tell you, at first the idea was kind of like what, but everybody had such an amazing time doing it. Yeah, you know. So you just you know just think think uh, goes think, back to uh, the experience. Yeah, yeah. When are you gonna do that? Uh huh. Go full speed on the bluefin, and then go rock finish fishing. off your day rock fishing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And we go home, and you've like you know you've added color to your diet. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> awesome. Well, before we let you go, Brian, I know you've been on the Friedman podcast for yeah. quite a bit. And, yeah. And I think he does live streams as well. How's uh-huh. that been going? Uh, I We've had a great time. Uh, mm-hmm. Phil has really helped me out a lot. And, um, you know, again, Phil, just like you guys, he's big. He wants to promote fishing. Mm-hmm. And we do a lot of Q&A on that, on that podcast. Um, the last show that we did had an old friend of all of ours. Uh, my dear friend Roger Eckhart, uh, formerly of Save on Tackle, uh, he was there with me. Um, I did a show with uh, Taddy Lures. I did a show with Moon's Custom Rods, and I did one with uh, oh no, well, I did one with, with me, just me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it turns into a nice Q and A session where people are firing off their questions, and they're very good questions, and uh, we're able to answer them. And like I said, no expert stuff here, but just the week if I can help anyone not be that guy or i can provide somebody with just a basic understanding of how to be able to position yourself to have a good day out on the water that's we then then i've done my job mm-hmm. and phil has been able to help me out and, and you know and it, it's been a good uh, it's been a good relationship there and we've i've gotten a lot of uh, uh, a lot of props from from doing that show with him and the fishing clubs get contact me and come out and do a seminars and or workshops for them i should say and it's been great so i like phil he's good yeah he's a good dude (laughs) for sure 
Well, anything new coming up? Anything we need to look forward to from your end and all that stuff? Uh, well, from a from a business side of things, yeah, uh, we are running into right now, or we are already currently in the uh, Medicare open enrollment period. I'm sure your listeners who are eligible or will be eligible for it have received no less than 75 pieces of mail this week. Darren, pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, listen, I I just want to uh, kind of let folks know, let the the fishing community know that. Um, you're going to, you, your questions, um, you want to make sure that you ask somebody who is, who understands your concerns and understands what it is that you are looking for and what you need. And I call, I tell people that I am a professional Medicare benefits advisor, and I want to make sure you are the most important and your needs need to be addressed. It's not, I'm not here hunting for a signature on the dotted line. I am here to answer questions. And I want to show people how to utilize their benefits before you start running off making a change because Joe Namath told, told you so on the TV commercial. I was there just going to say, should I call my buddy the Hall of Famer, Joe yeah, Namath? Right, right. <laughs> Take his advice? Or yeah, what? so we have that. We're coming into that. Um, and it's going to be a fun one for me this year. Uh, I got my final fishing trip. I always stop uh, right just at open enrollment. Mm-hmm. And that's it for me because I I'm, know I'm, I'm going to be tied up uh, for the rest of the year. But... Uh, um, as far as anything else, Hey, you know what? Please continue contacting me mm-hmm. guys. Go onto my website and email me questions on tackle, or you want to send a fish report. I love reading them because mm-hmm. I learned too. I not, yeah. I never stopped learning. And, uh, yeah, that's it. I got my charters dialed in for next season and nice. we're all about bluefin right now, but, uh, hopefully we can kind of fit in some bass fishing, but that's about Add it for me. Add some color to the diet. Add some color to yeah. the diet. Yeah. By the way, where where are you located? Are you in Orange County? No, I am. Uh, I live in the San Gabriel Valley. Okay. Yeah, but uh, I travel all uh, all of Southern California, and will uh, I I I I speak at all the fish. Well, speak at any of the fishing clubs mm-hmm. uh, up, uh, in Southern California. And I for my full time work, I, I drive all over the place. I'm a road warrior. I enjoy it. I I um, I, I, I like being out. I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Well, we'll have to get you on a, one of our CCA charters next year for sure. We'll definitely give that a shot for sure. Yeah. yeah, for sure. One more time, Brian, how do we get in contact with you to talk Medicare, just to talk fishing? Very easy. Yeah, just log on to my website. Uh, you'll see even fishing pictures on there. But uh, <laughs> I'm at www.mhlis.com. And log on there. There's a big yellow button on there that says, ask me about Medicare. Well, Medicare in, uh, in some uh, countries is also known as fishing too. I'm just <laughs> kidding about that. But if you have any, have any uh, sharing fish reports, I love those. You want to talk about tackle, rigging, I love that too. Want to just ask me a question about Medicare, please do so. I've been re- very blessed that a lot of anglers have reached out to me about that as well as fishing. And I'm happy to answer questions. I'm a question answerer, as I like to say. Excellent. Excellent. Brian, thank you so much for coming on. My the podcast, pleasure, guys. Thanks. This is awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Darren, I say this every week, but fascinating. Yes. Fascinating Learned a lot today. Brian is a good dude, good friend of mine, and uh, super happy to have him in studio here with us. Darren, you got anything else, man? I know 2022 is winding down, but we're still busy as hell. Looking forward to 2023. If you listen to the last podcast, you'll know that we have some great things coming up. For sure, for sure. And with um, with that being said, don't forget about our toy drive on December 10th on, at BNS Brewing down in San Diego. Um, it's going to be a big party. I'm looking forward to it. We're going to uh, have some special guests on the podcast. We're going to obviously get some toys for the uh, needy families of Camp Pendleton and some canned goods. It's going to be fun. Yes, it is. It's going to be a great one. For sure. Guys, that is it for this week. Thank you so much for joining us. Once again, make sure to follow us on Instagram at podcastdoctalk. Make sure to leave us a five-star review and uh, let us know how we're doing. Thank you guys so much. We will see you guys next week.